This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. I'm going to talk about is courage. What we need today as Jews is more than ever before, well, I don't know, more than ever before, because it's always hard to be a Jew. It's always a fight. It's always a battle. And one of the things that we need is courage. Courage, courage, courage. We need courage. Hashem should give us courage. And there's something which I'm going to talk about. I'm going to talk about a generation of courage. I'm going to talk about, we see these Israeli soldiers in the battle, uh, especially the infantry, okay, the tanks and the infantry, especially the infantry, and you see the courage, you know. I have relatives on my, on my wife's side, I have 18, 19 relatives in the army, and a lot of the young boys, but some of them are married men. And uh, one of my brother-in-law's, his brother is a Dayan. He's a Dayan, a rabbinical judge in, in one of the cities, I think it's Tel Aviv. And I saw him last week at a Simcha Baruch Hashem, and he was dressed in army uniform. He's 52 years old. He's a rabbinical judge, and he's dressed in army uniform with a machine gun. And what does he do? Where is he? He's in Gaza. He's in Khan Yunus. He's in Khan Yunus, 52-year-old rabbinical judge in Khan Yunus. And I find out he was one of the top guys in the, in the army, in the, in the infantry, special forces. He's a top guy, 52-year-old. He left his rabbinical court judgeship. Imagine he's in the middle of reserves, and he's in Gaza fighting over there. And the courage, these are simple people. These are regular people off the streets, but they're not regular. They are people with amazing courage and responsibility and faith in God. Amazing. Because you can't you can't face death every day without some courage and faith in God. Israel Hashem should give them more strength and be victorious as soon as possible. Israel Hashem. And these are special people. And the Torah tells us in a few places not to be scared. It's a law to a Jewish judge. It's hard to be a judge because you've got to rule against people and they may take vengeance. And the Torah says, Don't be scared of any man. A judge who is scared should withdraw from the case. A judge who is scared cannot be a judge. And then it says in the mitzvah, going to battle, not to be scared in battle. Wow, there's a mitzvah not to be scared in the battle. And there's a mitzvah to send people who are scared away from the battle. Because they can melt the heart of their brothers, the Torah says. So you see, there's a mitzvah in the Torah not to be scared. But how does a person not be scared? How is a person not scared? And the answer is courage. Courage, which we're going to talk about today. And it's interesting because we find Noah. Noah is Sadiq Noah was a righteous person in his generation, the Torah says. And Hashem tells Noah, come out of the ark. You built this ark for the flood, come out of the ark. On this the Midrash says, listen to this Midrash, amazing Midrash. Noah said to himself, since I only entered the ark with Hashem's command, I definitely need Hashem's permission to leave the ark. Now that's Noah's rationale. Noah is not leaving the ark until Hashem tells him to leave the ark. Now look what the Midrash says about this. Rabbi Huda Barilai, one of the great rabbis and scholars, is mentioned in nearly every single Mishnah. Rabbi Huda Barilai, one of the five great students of Rabbi Kiva, who are all authors of the Mishnah. The Mishnah is descendant of all these students of Rabbi Kiva. So one of the great students of Rabbi Kiva, Rameya Baraness, we all know, 
Rishon Bar Yochai, we all know Rabbi Huda Bar Eli, Rabbi Huda Bar Eli, and uh, Rabbi Lazar Ben Shamua, all these five great students of uh, Rabbi Kiva, Rabbi Huda Bar Eli says, if I was in Noah's Ark, look what he says, I would have smashed down the doors to come out. Noah waited for God to tell him to come out. Rabbi Huda Bar Eli says, wrong. If I was there in the ark with Noah, I would have smashed the doors down to come out. You have to understand. What does that mean? Hashem says, Noah, go into the ark. And Noah's waiting for Hashem time to come out. I would say, you know, that's not bad. Why not? Hashem says, go in. Noah says, Hashem said to go in. Hashem waiting for Hashem to come out. And Rabbi Bailai says, wrong. You don't wait for God to tell you to come out the ark. You have a, now a whole new mitzvah. You have to rebuild the world. And I'm not going to wait for God to tell me to rebuild the world. I'm going to smash the door down of the ark and come out and rebuild the world. That's our inheritance. In other words, sometimes you've got to wait for Hashem to tell you something. And sometimes it's so obvious. You've got the courage to do it. Just go and do it. That's what Rabbi Yudabai is saying. If I was there, I would have smashed the doors down and taken myself out of the ark. And so when it comes to rebuilding the shattered world, we don't wait for permission. We just go and rebuild it. Hashem wants us to rebuild the world. That's one of the imperatives that Hashem, God, gave Adam, Harishon, and Chava, Pru, increase and multiply, inherit the world, right? Con- conquer the world, control the world, do the best of the world, build the world, guard the world. So that's uh, something interesting that Noah, that's why we Jews are not called the children of Noah. We are called the children of Abraham. Abraham. Why Abraham? Because Abraham didn't wait for God's guidance all the time. He just went and did it. He takes a few words and he knows what Hashem wants. He knows Hashem wants us to keep moving in life. He wants, Hashem wants us to keep striving in life. Hashem says, Lech Lecha, go. And Abraham goes and he goes and he does and he and he spreads God's word in the world without complete directives all the time. I should tell you what to do. It says, Noah walked with God, and Abraham walked in front of God. What does that mean? God didn't have to hold his hand every time. Abraham was a grown-up. Abraham knew which way to go. So big difference between Abraham and Noah, and Abraham and Noah. Noah walked with God. Hashem says to Abraham, walk ahead of me, Abraham. You walk ahead of me. Suddenly understand this is a significant part of faith in Judaism. Abraham is walking in front of God. He has faith that God will help him. He has faith, that's emunah, to have the courage to pioneer, to do something new, to tackle the road less traveled, to venture out into the unknown. This is what Abraham and Sarah had done when they left their land, their home, and their father's house. It is what we did, the Israelites did. When they journeyed forth into the wilderness, guided only by a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire at night. That's courage. That is tremendous courage. We have to understand that we Jews survived history through our courage and our emunah Hashem. There's only two things that kept us going. Courage, and which is built on emunah, which is built on our faith in God. So we have courage. Why? Because we have faith in God. God is leading us. 
even though he doesn't lead in the front all the time, he leads from behind sometimes. He tells us, in general, especially today, that we have no direct guidance from Hashem, only through the Torah. Hashem wrote these words thousands of years ago, Moshe wrote the words of God, 33, 34, 3,500 years ago. And here we are, we are following these words of Hashem. We have courage based on faith in God. So let's talk about that, because that is really one of the themes that goes right through Shemot. One of the themes that go right through this book that we started last week, Shemot, the book of Exodus, in Hebrew Shemot, which means names, which is the names of the 70 people who left Israel that came to Egypt, 70 uh, descendants of Yaakov, Amina, Jacob. Courage is the theme that runs through Shemot. Courage, but it's not just courage, because based on that courage, we got miracles. Now, what's interesting is the courage came before the miracles. That is, that is the amazing thing. Normally, we'd say, you know, Hashem does miracles and we have courage. Because we know Hashem is going to do miracles for us. We have courage based on miracles. No, the courage in Shemot, the early part of the book of Exodus, the courage is based on faith without any miracles. Let's talk about that. So courage rise, run through the Pesach story, the Exodus story, like a fine golden thread. It's there when the enslaved Hebrew population stepped up to their oppressors they finally, finally offering up the Paschal Lamb, the Pesach offering. The sacred lamb that the Egyptians worshipped. And we see in last week's parasha, in Breshi, the end of Breshi, that the brothers and Yosef could not sit with the Egyptians. The Egyptians despised shepherds. Because the Egyptians believed that their goats and their sheep were gods. Hard to imagine, right? Hard to imagine. And that's when you see the Jewish courage is they made a barbecue, a barbecue of the Egyptian king. It was the same thing today. If you go to India today and you make a barbecue out of the holy cows walking down the streets. If you ever seen a movie in India, you see the cows walking down the streets in the middle of all the traffic, the cars and the buses and the cows right there. You better be careful. You ever touch a cow in India, they could be a riot. And you would be the korban. They'd make you the sacrifice to the cow. The cow is holy. We have to understand in Egypt, the goats and the sheep were holy. If you touch their goats, that would be a life sentence, boy. That's a death sentence right there. So you find courage, the courage of the Jews to offer up the gods of the Egyptians and then have a barbecue, a public barbecue, and eat them. Oh, boy, eat my God. You're eating my God. And we see the boldness of Moshe Rabbeinu. This one man, the courage of the Moshe Rabbeinu and Aaron, his brother, going to Pharaoh, the great king. Defiantly, standing up to this most powerful man in the world, the most authoritative leader of the world, authoritarian leader of the world, the illustrious Pharaoh of Egypt. And then we see this strong band of women. We have the mother of Moses, Moshe Rabbeinu, who defies the king's edict. She has a baby boy, and she hides him in his in a house for three months. That's tremendous courage. She's risking her life. And then she hides the baby. Baby's meant to be thrown into the River Nile. And she hides and puts him in the, in the basket, the bulrushes, and hides in the bulrushes. And then we see the bravery and the courage of Miriam, the sister of Moshe. 
watching from behind the bulrushes, what's going to happen to her brother, her little brother, this newly born little baby. And then we find the courage of another woman, Pharaoh's own daughter. Now, Midrashim say she was an adopted daughter, which is interesting. And, but she was acknowledged as Pharaoh's daughter, and she had the courage to take this baby, who everyone realized was a Hebrew baby. Who else, where would we find a baby hiding in the River Nile? It must be a Hebrew baby. And she adopted this baby, and she brought him into the palace when he reached the age of five years old. And then we have the bravery of Shifra and Puah, the two midwives of Israel, who Pharaoh commanded them to kill all the boy babies when they are born, the way out in the delivery room. And look at all these people defying, defying, defying the courage before the miracles, greater courage than ever before, courage before the miracles. The daughter of Pharaoh, we said, Moshe Rabbeinu stands up to the Egyptian taskmaster. He stands up to the shepherds which are troubling, persecuting the daughters of Yitro, uh, the daughters of Yitro, seven daughters of Yitro. And just seven days after the exodus, when caught between the Egyptian devil and the deep Red Sea, there are Israelites like Nashon ben Aminadav, who show immense courage and faith in God and jump into the sea before it splits. Imagine jumping into the sea before it splits. That is courage. This is a theme that goes right through the book of Exodus. And the truth is, it goes right through Jewish history. We would not be here today and we would not be successful and live today without the courage to live as Jews and if you're living in Israel, the courage to live as Jews in your own country. To be Jews, courage of Jews to be in the army fighting in the front. Oh boy, these guys have real courage. We really have so much admiration and respect for them. They're giving their lives for their people. It would be nice for all of us. Keep Israel safe. Israel should be safe for many years. Israel should. And the courage of the Jews who walk 40 years in the desert. I can't even imagine being one night alone in the desert. Think about 40 days in a desert. I mean, it's hard to imagine. So this is a story of heroism. The, the story of Judaism, we have to understand. The story of Judaism is a story of heroism like no other nation in the world for the last 3,400 years. We have to really talk about this. No one knows about this. It's a story of heroism. The last 3,400 years. We're going to talk a bit more about that. So, the courage of the oppressed. We were the oppressed. Yeah, even though, you know, I was in New York and I saw, I was in the middle of a black demonstration and they were shouting over there, we are the real Hebrews. We are the oppressed. We are the slaves. No, no, the truth is we were the slaves. We are the slaves. We are the oppressed. Look around you today. Which nation in the world is looked down upon the most by the world. Which nation today is looked down upon as the uh, wrong, they're the wrong all the time. Israel, Israel, Jews, Israel. Anti-Semitism has reared its ugly head since the Second World War. Who would think about it? You know, I grew up in Egypt, and I can tell you right there, when I was a little kid, it was a scary experience. Growing up as a little kid in England, in the 60s, in the 70s. It was a scary experience. It was in the shadow of the Holocaust. And it was full of anti-Semitism on the streets. 
until the Sixth Day War. The Sixth Day War, suddenly the non-Jews had some respect, which today they have lost again. So we've been through bad times, been through some good times, and now we're back at square one. We are back to um, anti-Semitism. We are the scapegoats of the world. Here we are. We are the Jewish people. Israel is the scapegoats of the world. We are being pointed to and guilty of genocide. If you imagine, <laughs> if we were guilty of genocide, there would be no Palestinians here today to talk. And uh, it's tragic that we are accused of something that they did to us. That's why we're being accused. This is tremendous anti-Semitism. Anyway, just to be a Jew today, live as a Jew, is courage. We need courage. Hashem will give us tremendous courage. And not just give us courage. Hashem should do the next part, which he did in this week's parasha. And that is we want miracles. We want big, revealed miracles. So the whole world will say, Hashem Echad. The whole world would recognize God. It's right, Hashem. Hashem, send us miracles like you did in the shrine. We need them today like we need them then. We're showing courage, tremendous courage, and you should fulfill your mission, your covenant with Abraham, Yitzhak, Yaakov. You should give us the land and safety and security and bless us like the sand of the sea and bless us like the stars of heaven. Hashem, fulfill your your bit, we're fulfilling our bit, you fill your bit. Hebrew term for courage. Omitz. I have a guy, a student of mine, he's called Amatz. Courage, that's a good name for a Jewish kid. Amatz, strength, courage. You know, when a Sephardi gets an aliyah and they say, Hazak they say, Hazak strong and blessed. And the reply is, Hazak be strong and have courage. Where do we get this from? The first time it was used was. Moshe Rabbeinu, Moses, the great leader, before he dies, he tells his disciple and successor, Yehoshua, Joshua, Hazak, be strong and have courage. We need people, especially today. Jews today have to have strength of character and have to have courage just to stand up against all this anti-Semitism. There's been a way of Jew in America or Jew in Israel. We have to stand up for ourselves and be courageous and in our belief system and our way of life, Israel should give us courage, and that will be followed by Israel like it was in Egypt with miracles. You want some miracles, Hashem? Please come back and show us the miracles. In Bereshit, we said Abraham Abid Abraham audaciously confronts the king Nimrod, who throws him into the fiery furnace, and he survives. Baruch Hashem. He uh, Abraham stands up to all the idol worshippers and missionizes. The true God missionizes Hashem on behalf of true of the true God. And he even stands up to Hashem. Imagine it's what courage it takes to stand up to God, argue with God. If you have, there are ten Sadiqim in the midst of the city, don't destroy the city of Saddam. It takes tremendous courage on both sides. He's standing up to people, he's standing up to Hashem. He's arguing with God. Shifra and Pua, the two great Egyptian Jewish midwives who saved the Jewish boys against the command of the great Pharaoh. And that's Omitz, courage. Yocheved has a baby boy and she hides him. And the Egyptians are searching high and low for him. It takes courage. Moshe and Aaron go to Pharaoh's palace. Hard to imagine. I mean, hard to imagine. Can you imagine two Jews going to Pharaoh's palace 
in the name of God. And Pharaoh says, who is God? Who is this God that I should listen to? And they try to do some small miracles and Pharaoh commands his astrologers, he commands his magicians to do the same things and they copy it. They can also make uh, snakes out of sticks. They can also make uh, water turn into blood. They have these tricks up their sleeves. It takes courage to do these things. And Nachshon ben Amidadav has the courage to jump into the sea. Jump into the sea, belief in God. God says, jump into the sea. Nachshon ben Amidadav and the rest of the Jews start jumping into the sea. And the sea splits. So there's courage. There's courage in two realms. We have two Jewish laws not to be scared. One is courage on the battlefield. I just want to quote you this amazing Rambam. The Rambam is very, uh, today applies very courageous to soldiers fighting for, our, for us, for our country. And Rambam says in, in the book of uh, Kings and Melachim, in chapter 7, Halacha 15, once a soldier enters the throes of battle, hear this, it should rely on the hope of Israel and the Savior in times, in times of need. He should realize he is fighting for the sake of the oneness of Hashem's name. Therefore, he should place his soul in his hand and not show fright or fear. He should not worry about his wife or children. This is so hard. On the contrary, he should wipe their memory from his heart, obviously temporarily, till after the war. Removing all thoughts from his mind except the war. The Ramam, you know, this Ramam says this is a secret of survival in war. The secret of survival in the war is wiping every other thought in the war, in the mind and focusing completely on the war. The, the soldier has to focus his head totally on winning the war and doing the best he can to win the war. Not to think of anything else. Ramam guarantees, he said, if you think of anything else, I can't guarantee you this, but if you think totally of the war and how to win and trust in God, you will survive. You will survive the battle. Survive the battle. He should not worry about his wife or children. On the contrary, he should wipe his memory, their memory from his heart, removing all thoughts from his mind except for the war, Ramon says. And don't frighten yourself. Don't feel anxiety and worry in the midst of battle to the point where a person frightens himself by it. It's a negative commandment. As the Torah says, do not be faint-hearted. Do not be afraid. Do not panic. Do not break ranks before them. Furthermore, he is responsible for the blood of the entire Jewish nation. If he is not valiant, if he does not wage war with all his heart and soul, it is considered if he shed the blood of the entire people. As the Torah says in Deuteronomy, Devarim Esrim, Kaf, chapter 20, verse 8, let him go home, lest he, lest he demoralize the hearts of his brethren like his own. This is amazing. On the contrary, listen, listen to this Rambam. Anyone who fights with his entire heart without fear with the intention of sanctifying Hashem's name can be assured he'll find no harm, nor will bad overtake him. He'll be granted a proper family in Israel and gather merit for himself and his children forever. He will also merit eternal life in the world to come. So our soldiers will be blessed in both worlds, this world, next world, and especially those who have given their lives already. Their names should be blessed, Israel Hashem. And have eternity in Anyway, so this is this is the secret of the book of Shemot. Courage. The theme is courage. And courage is not confined to heroes with extraordinary strength. It is often found in the most 
ordinary and pedestrian of heart. In other words, simple people have courage. You see guys going to the army, they're not great rabbis, not, not great people, amazing small people, students in the street and people who have families, all kinds of people going to the army. And that's where courage is. Courage can be in any single human being. Courage can be in the simplest one of us, the greatest one of us. We need to find courage. Courage does not imply an absence of fear, rather the capacity to face one's fears, to face one's fears. You know, uh, we were in Yerushalayim on a beautiful summer's day. It was a gorgeous day. It was like 25, 27 degrees. Simchat Torah, we're dancing with the Torah, and the, the sirens start going off. That's where you see courage. That's where you see people Simple people pray to God and dancing with the Torah, and you see they weren't scared. That was funny. Everyone listened. Everyone just went down into the basement. There was no fear. There was no uh, trembling. There was no panic. And then I come home, and the same thing in our building. We have a shared biklat, a shared room to to gather all the families in the buildings in old building. And there was no panic. Kids were there. The older people were there. There was no panic. That's courage. That's the courage of a Jew in this world right now. That's the courage of Jews. That's the courage. That's the courage we have to have. And we're not soldiers. We're just simple civilians. But there was no panic. That's important. There's no panic. There's trust in God. And there's courage. We're going to get out of this. We will get out of this. It's already getting better, much better. Anyway. The story of Mitzrayim, one of the central purposes of Pesach, is to reflect on the meaning of courage. This is not something which is talked about enough. So let's talk about it when we need it the most. Right now, we need the most courage. Jews around the world need courage. And we have to focus on the meaning of courage and find ways of translating it into action. How do we translate courage into action? Number one, it could mean standing up for our religion. Jews are denigrated. We can stand up for a religion. You know why we have today with the internet, you can stand up and, and send your messages and stand up for your religion and defend your religion. Defend your people, defend your community. It's never been easy to be a Jew in the face of what's been called the world's longest hatred, anti-Semitism. It can mean fighting for your country or fighting for the freedom on behalf of those who are fighting for their country, which is what we need to do today. We have to fight for those who are fighting for their country. In other words, we have to show the world that they're doing the right thing. We have to fight for the right to fight. That's It's so un, unusual in the world. You know, no one asks Russia if they have the, the right to fight. They're not fighting for the right to fight. We in Israel have to fight for the right to fight. Right? Everyone else, you know, Syria the, massacred its people. What's his name? Assad. They didn't have to fight for the right to fight, but we have to. We Jews always have to fight for our rights. So that's the courage. We need the courage and the pluck to fight for our country, our community, our people, our religion. Fight for the right to fight, to defend ourselves. Chazak ve'emat, be strong and be of good courage. It's a good line to hold on to in times filled with fear and anxiety. Faith is the courage to take a risk knowing that as King David says in Psalm 23, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are with me. That's faith. Faith is taking risks in believing in Hashem. Hashem will save us. So let's go through a little bit 
and jaunt through Jewish history and see courage and faith. It took faith to challenge the religions of the ancient world, imagine all the polyistic worlds, all the polyistic civilizations, Babylon, Assyria, um, Persia, <coughs> and then the Greeks, polyistic, polytheistic religions. You know, it's interesting because you know, I was learning today with uh, some of my students in America, you know, on Zoom. I'm learning with them, Parsha Kitavo. We went through the whole Torah. We're up to the, nearly the end of the Devarim, Parsha Kitavo. And Mitzavim, and it gets to, it says, there's a man among you, Hashem says, who is, uh, has full of bad thoughts in his heart. And he believes in his idols. Idols of stone, and wood and idols of gold and silver in their homes. So Rashi says, why are the idols of stone and wood outside and the idols of silver and gold inside their homes? He says, because the idols of stone and wood had no value, no real value. And therefore people were not scared that their neighbors would steal them. But the idols of silver and gold had value, intrinsic value. And therefore people never kept them outside. They would keep them inside their homes. They were scared. Look at this now. Now think about this. They were scared that their own gods would be stolen. Think about that. If that makes sense. Are you scared that your gods will be stolen? What kinds of gods are there if you're scared that they're going to be stolen? You know, it's 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 such a it's such a dichotomy. It's uh, it's so hard not to even. How could they not even think? That's that's what Abraham Avinu was telling them. He smashed all the gods and he put the axe in the hand of the big god. And when his father says, what happened, Abraham? What happened to my store? And Abraham says, the big, the big god smashed the small gods. And the father said, well, Abraham, you know, you know, I'm not a fool. The gods can't move. You know that. So why do you worship them, daddy? Why? It's a dichotomy of idol worship. But Jews, without currently, stood up to these ideas of polytheism. There's only one god who's all-powerful and invisible. That's the idea that we spread into the world is only one God. We smashed everyone else's gods. It takes courage to smash everyone else's God. That's what we did. We are the idol smashers of the world. We are the icon class. We will smash every single idol in the world. And you don't have to do it physically. It's a belief system. Judaism gave the world a belief system. And that takes courage. How many Jews were killed, crucified by the Romans? People don't know this. 100,000 Jews were crucified by Romans. 100,000 Jews were crucified by the, the Romans. And crucifixion does not mean you die a quick death. It's a slow death on the cross. Dying of starvation. Malnutrition. Exposure to the elements and the wild animals. It's a terrible, horrible, painful punishment. That's what the Romans chose. If you didn't die in the amphitheaters, that's the courage of being a Jew in the Roman Empire, the so-called Great Roman Empire. It takes tremendous courage. And it took faith to challenge the religions of the ancient world, especially when they embodied the greatest empires of the time. Faith to stay Jewish in the Hellenistic age, when Jews and Judaism must have seemed small and parochial and set against cosmopolitan culture of ancient Greece and the Alexandrian Empire. It took the faith of Rabbi Yoshua ben Gamla. No one knows of that. The Talmud says in Babu Batra, in uh, Kaf Aleph, Ahmed Aleph, 21a, Rabbi Yoshua ben Gamla 
He built the first, the world's first ever system of universal compulsory education. Every single child in Israel was given a free education. From the faith of Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai, where the second temple was destroyed, and he asked for all the wise men to be saved in Yavne, in Kerem by Yavne, they built the yeshiva. And that's what gave us the Torah that survived the exile. That's what gave us the Mishnah and eventually the Talmud. So he had the faith and the courage that to realize that Judaism could survive the loss of independence. We could, we could survive the loss of our land. We could survive the loss of our temple on the basis of an academy of scholars and a culture of scholarship. That is courage. So it's interesting. Courage is not just in war. Courage is also in peace. Courage is continuation of our heritage. That's the courage. Courage to be a Jew is the courage of continuity, to continue in great things. To study every day a duff of Talmud, that's courage. To study every day, study the Torah in depth, that's courage. To teach our children and our grandchildren, that's a courage of continuity. That's a different kind of courage. It's continuity. Keeping what you have, your heritage, that's courage. Keep your heritage. At all costs, we want to continue our heritage. The example of courage is found in the records of ancient Israel. There's so many. Barak. I'm talking about the ancient Barak. Barak and Devorah. Barak and Devorah fight the Midianites. Gidon. The great uh, judge Gidon fought again the Midianites and Yiftach Giladi who fought the Midianites and the fearlessness of Shimshon Samson who fought the Philistines of old single handedly. The courage and the strength of God, he had the courage and strength of God. Shimshon, Samson, King Saul, King David, and so on and so forth. How, my, how many people we had with courage? Yoshua, Joshua. The Torah sets more value upon moral courage. You need to have both kinds of courage. Courage, bravery on the battlefield, and courage of morality, which is so hard to have today. Again, we're living in a very immoral, amoral society. We need to have the courage to stand up to all these immoralities. Stand up. And stand up against the immorality. Stand up for ethics. And that's moral courage, which goes so far to explain the power of resistance that made us strong through the ages. Right? So we have to know. Kaveh el Hashem. We say this every day in our morning prayers. Kaveh el Hashem. Hope in Hashem. You know, that's where the Hatikva is based on. People don't know that's the Hatikva is based on. Kaveh el Hashem. The hope. Kaveh el Hashem, David Amelach says. Psalm. 33, it's not based on miracles, it's based on faith, it's based on hope. It's rather sure we will have the miracles. And that's something which over and over Moshe Rabbeinu tells Yeshua, be courageous, be strong, be courageous. In post-biblical times, the Jew have, shows both physical and moral courage by standing for truth and right against a hostile world, which we're facing again. 
King Solomon says in Kohelet, chapter 4, verse 28, strive for the truth unto death, and Hashem shall fight for you. In a place where there are no men, endeavor to be a man, which means have a place where no one has courage, you have courage. chapter 2. So crushed to the earth, defeated, driven from his native soil, pining in dungeons, made to furnish uh, the, the, the Colosseum, the wild beasts of the Colosseum, and food for the flames of pyres and stakes. Jews never surrendered. We struggled against terrible odds for national and political independence, for liberty of conscience, and for the rights of man. Nothing stirred the Jew to resistance as much as interference with their religious beliefs and practices. For the abandonment of the Torah was the most heinous of crimes. Men had always fought for their homes, but to fight for one's religion was new. That's something which the Jews gave the world. We fought not just for our homes, we fought for our religions. We were, li- we were, li- we were willing to, to die for our beliefs. We were willing to die for our religion. How many Jews were burnt to this at the stake? I mean, it's hard to imagine. Hard to imagine. The Inquisition was so terrible. It was such a disaster. It was terrible for the Jews. And before that was the forced conversion of thousands and thousands of Jews in Spain and Portugal and Christian Europe. The conversion by force of children baptized against their will. They were just captured and through the Crusades. The Crusades would walk through the city, kill the Jews and take their children and baptize them by force. The plan of Antiochus to uproot the religion of Judea was meant by force and stubborn, religion, uh, stubborn resistance by the Maccabees. So this is courage. This is courage for our religion. This is courage for our faith. Courage for survival. You need to have the courage. I'm not going to go more. It's so disgusting. Jewish history is, is it's terrible, but it's a tremendous miracle. We survived. We survived. What helped us survive is Hashem, obviously. God gave us this belief system, this emunah, that everything will eventually be good. Hashem will reward those who are faithful to him. We believe that 100%. Hashem will reward those who are faithful to him. And more than what we do for God, God does for us. And God will keep his covenant with with our forefathers, Abraham and Tzachiyakov. So we have to realize that all of us, we have to strengthen ourselves. And we also have to be courageous in life and find our mission in life. That's the key. We need courage for our mission in life. What is our mission in life? All of us have a mission. There's no life without a task. There is no person with no talent. There's no place without a fragment of Hashem's light waiting to be discovered and redeemed. There's no situation without its possibility of sanctification. There's no moment without its call. It may take a lifetime to find these things. That's the problem. But once we learn, we realize in retrospect, it all it ever took was the ability to listen when Hashem calls. We have to find, we have to hear that voice. When Hashem calls, he does not do so by way of universal imperatives. Instead, he whispers our name. And then we have to say in the reply of Abraham, Abraham, our father. Here I am, Hashem. So Shlomo Melech said when he heard the little voice when he was a seven-year-old kid. I am here, Hashem. What Shmuel Hanavi said when he was a seven-year-old kid. I am here, Hashem. Whatever you want, Hashem. 
Every day we should wake up with this call, here I am. How can I serve God? How can I serve my people? What is my mission in life? How can I fulfill my purpose in life? And that takes courage every day. We have to face the world with courage. Every day we have to get up with courage. We must come out of our comfort zone to grow. We must learn the art of when to listen, when to speak, when to act, when to hold back. Salanta, this is amazing. Rabbi Salanta, the great Musa Rabbi, 1809 to 1883 in Lithuania, Litvak, leaves us with his final message of hope. Listen to Rabbi Salanta. For Rabbi Salanta, every person must hold on to and keep precious three qualities in order to lead and live a life with courage. Three qualities. What are these three qualities? Number one, never despair. A Jew must never despair. If we despair, we are finished. We must never, never, never give up and despair. You know, it's interesting. There's a halakha in Baba Metziah. Baba Metziah. Whoever heard of Baba Metziah? Baba Metziah is the middle tractate in Nezikin, in the laws of damages. The middle tractate, Baba Metziah. The middle gate, that's what it means, Baba Metziah. And in the middle gate, in the second chapter, which is often learned, with children learning in yeshiva, if you find a lost object, can you keep it or not keep it? So Thomas says, if it has a sign, then you can give it back. If it has a sign, then you should give it back. Why? Because the owner can recognize it and therefore he doesn't give up hope. Because once the owner gives up hope and you find it after he gave up hope, you can keep a lost object we see that over here that giving up hope leads to a situation where a person's lost without finding. You lose without finding. A person gives up hope, surrenders, lost. So that is one of the things, ingredients of courage. One of the ingredients of courage is a Jew has to have hope. A Jew came back from the Holocaust and gave up hope. And I just read an article, an article about this Jewish woman who uh, was brought up as a Catholic. And we have, uh, you know, one of Madeline, Madeline Albright. She was brought up as a Catholic. Why? Her parents did not want to tell her she's a Jew. Her parents did not want to expose her to the perils of being known as a Jew. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Many cases like that. Because when the parents gave up on themselves on being a Jew, despair and loss, surrender, surrender. That is, so number one is don't despair. You want one of the ingredients of courage, or Salanta says, don't despair. Number one, don't despair. Number two, don't get angry. Because when a person gets angry, part of getting angry is depression. Leads to depression. A person gets angry, leads to depression. And, and number three is don't expect to finish the task. Don't expect to be, I'm courageous, I'm going to win. And it's over and gone. No, it's courage. It's something. It's a long-term thing. Courage is long-term. It took 40 years for the Jews to get to Israel. Well, that's with God and that's with miracles. It took 40 years of walking in the desert and learning and falling and, and uh, rebelling and, and keep on going. 40 years is a long process. Courage is a long process. It's, don't expect to finish the task. And courage must be cultivated daily. Through Emunah, through Abidachon, through trusting God, through the realization that there's a higher power above us, and we have a mission, and we have a history, and we have a heritage, and let's keep it going.
You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.